Hi, everybody. Welcome to Busy Living So Bar. Busy Living So Bar. Busy Living So Bar. It's episode 241. 241 episodes. Crazy. It's crazy. It is Tuesday, March 30th. I can't believe it's almost April. And we've been in COVID for over a year. Craziness. Um, so I got a great email the other day from a new friend who was writing to me. She has two years of continuous sobriety and she brought up this topic that I thought I'd talk about today, which is being a woman in recovery and how stereotypes have so much, have changed so much since, you know, people started drinking Um, it's funny, you go back and you read articles. Like I was just reading an article from 2018 that talks about how like the increase of drinking from 2002 to 2013 in women has increased by 84%. That's great. 84%. So what do you think it was before 2002 women weren't drinking as much? people weren't, women weren't telling people they were drinking as much? Was it like a secret? They didn't want anybody to know because women aren't supposed to drink? That's a question I wonder, were we not supposed to drink? Because I can tell you, I got sober in 2006. So that was, you know, I guess they said that this was, the change was from, they'd done a test in 2002 to 2013 and the change in those years. So what is that? 11 years that they've changed, that women's increase was 84%. So I don't know if back when I got sober, which was in 2006, less women were drinking. I know that women digest alcohol differently than men, they say, which I think is true because I think our body, body masses are different. But I think that ladies, quote unquote, and I put these air quotes up, weren't supposed to be drinkers, right? We weren't supposed to be drinking a lot. But I think when life happens and, you know, and it just for a lack of a better term, you know, it's mental, it goes underneath the mental health thing is alcoholism. It's underneath mental health when you're looking at insurance. We're just going to use it because it says it with insurance. So it goes under mental health. So we're mentally ill, Right which is fine for me. I don't, I don't, I don't care semantics at all, but all I know is this women, we cope. That's uh, was our, at least for me, it was my coping mechanism was drinking. It was wine. I think back in, you know, the sixties, it was mommy's little helper with speed, right? They sing about it. There's a Beatles song and mommy's little helper. Um, And I think it's interesting because this woman brought up how she had started, she noticed her drinking increased when her kids left and went off to school, went off to college. And I can totally see that. Now for me, my drinking really escalated when I got divorced. When I was married and my husband and I were both drinking, he drank more than I did when I was married. And then, and that's one of the reasons I divorced him, right? He was the drunk. I wasn't. So I was like, you know what? I'm getting rid. I'm not doing this anymore. He's an alcoholic. But then the pain that I felt from 
putting that grenade in the living room. I love to say this all the time. It's like a grenade in the living room, shrap metal hit everyone. So little bits of pieces and people were sad all over the place. You know, that was my way of coping. I was like, everybody around me is sad. So everyone's sad. I can't take it. Pour me a drink. Pour me a drink. And it was interesting because I still remember people saying to me, oh my gosh, you look so good. You're handling this divorce so well. And I would be like, okay, sure. Get me another dirty martini. Um, little was I going to tell anyone. I mean, I don't think that society really wants to hear how we're really doing. I don't, I, I don't know how much we still live in a society that wants people to talk about how they're really feeling and really doing. I think people want everybody to pretend at least like everything's grand and everything's great. And people don't really want to hear how you're doing. So when you're in the grocery store and somebody's like, how are you doing? You aren't going to stop and say, you know, I'm having a tough day today. I'm having a hard day today. You know, people don't stop and say that to each other. People just say, oh, I'm great. How are you? How's Billy? How's Sally? You know, nobody says, oh, well, no, Sally just got into some big trouble. And now, you know, I'm dealing with that feeling. And, you know, we had this dream of my son going off to college and it didn't work out. And now he's home. Nobody really tells you that. Everybody proceeds to go on like everything's perfect in each other's lives when it isn't. And when we don't have anybody to talk to and we have all these things going on inside of us that we're juggling. And that means either marriages, partnerships, blowing up children, not, um, children, not doing well, children doing well, children going off to college for me was huge. Um, when my youngest Henry went off to college, it was like, Oh my God, that was three years ago. And I, seriously felt so sad when he left for college. You know, I was a single mom. So I had these three kids and Kent graduated in 15, Hadley 16 and Henry 18. And I was so lost because my whole life was about them. I mean, yes, I worked and I did other things, but my main thing of my life was like making sure they were going, they had what they needed, making sure I was at certain events for them, making sure I was, that they had everything they needed. It was a full-time job, right? Raising kids. And then when they get, they graduate and God willing, if they do go off to college, it's such a gift, but at the same time, at least for me, it was like a part of me walked out the door when they left was like, oh my gosh. And I remember being in the grocery store and somebody going, oh, are you going to go to the football game on Friday night? And I'm like, mm, no, I'm not going to the football game Friday night. I'm, I'm not one of those moms who's going to do that. I'm not going to go and, and go to the football game where my son's not playing and I have no kids in the school. I'm like, it's not like it was a great football team that my kids went to high school. I mean, I'm sorry to say that, but it wasn't like this amazing football team that I would, it's not like I would go to a football game anyway, unless my kids wanted me to go. Um, I mean, maybe I'd go to a professional one, but not a high school one. And that feeling of like, oh my gosh, this feels so uncomfortable. So of course, that's when I went to Florida, which was six months ago, which was, you know, it was three, almost, it was three years ago. I think I'm in my third, I'm in my third year. So I've been here for two years plus I'm in my third year of being in Florida. And I came down here and my husband thought we were coming for 10 weeks and little did he know here we are. 
but I just did not want to be there anymore. It was like the feelings were so overwhelming of like, oh my gosh, what? I don't have kids anymore. Who am I? Who is Elizabeth right now? And I think that's something that's also huge is figuring out who we are after our kids go. And, you know, that feeling of inadequacy, the feeling of loss, the feeling of, I think aging, I think the feeling of, okay, that's part of my life is over check. I think all of that has, it hurts. It hurts, right? It hurts. And you're like, what am I going to do with them? Because, you know, most people are like, oh, your child's going to college. That's an amazing accomplishment. Congratulations. But you're like, I, I don't feel good with that. They're gone. Now I don't have them here to make dinner with. And if you're single, um, and you no longer have a companion, a partner, a spouse, boyfriend, whatever, girlfriend, whatever, um, it's so lonely. It's so lonely. And, you know, cooking dinner for one or going from cooking dinner for a family and going down to two is really hard. I still have not gotten used to it. I don't like it. But to be complete, I don't like it. I'd rather order a pizza. It's not great for my waistline, but I'd rather order a pizza than cook dinner for two. Um, it's not as fun to be creative. You know, a spouse is different than a, a child, you know, your child. And at least for me, I had this relationship with my kids that it was just like, I don't know, we'd laugh at the fact that I was making chicken surprise again. And I'd be like, what's in the surprise? It's for you to surprise. And you know, grown men aren't really that into chicken surprise and surprises. <laughs> they want like, you know, traditional things. Um, and the drinking for me, I, you know, I wasn't drinking when mine left, but I can't imagine, I can imagine that if I were drinking, that wouldn't have been a very good time. So, you know, this whole thing, phenomenon of women drinking in the wine culture and, you know, especially being sober as a woman today, you know, you watch any of these shows and I never really talk about this, but they, you know, you watch these shows, these housewife shows and anything like any movies or anything, there's so much drinking. I don't know if it was always like this, but especially in reality television, there's so much, um, there's so much focus on getting drunk. So I'm just going to use, because we're in today and what I, what's been going on today is like, you know, if you watch the housewives of New Jersey, which I tend to watch at times, I am going to admit that I watch it because I'm like, it's so, you just get lost in it, right? You watch this thing, at least for me, it's like watching a train wreck and all these people, they just drink and drink and drink. And you watch these women like fall down on their face and people think it's funny. I'm like, oh, my God, that's just so embarrassing. Like your kids are watching you on TV acting like that. I mean, the one nice thing I have to say is when I got sober, there weren't cell phones like there are today. There was not the cameras, thank God, because I can't imagine. But you watch that and it's like celebrated on TV. You're like, you are like, think this is great to show your kids. And one of them was joking to another one, like, oh, your daughter was doing coke in the bathroom. Like, that's not funny. I don't think that's funny. I don't think it's funny to watch. Okay, another one, the Kardashians. Okay, another reality show that's been on for a hundred years. So the sisters got together this past episode and the three of them sat around and they, all they could do together was get drunk. 
that was their way of, I, I understand they were going, I mean, obviously they have relationship issues just like everybody else in the world. And their answer was to pick up a drink and get drunk. There wasn't like, all right, we're just going to talk about how we're feeling, maybe get a massage, maybe really like, how are you really feeling? And obviously you wouldn't want to put that on TV, but you've chosen to have your whole life on TV. So why would you not maybe show a healthier way of dealing with what you're going through than getting drunk? I don't know. It's kind of an idea. I know that um, it's most of you don't even know this, but I was asked years ago, I was just, I was newly sober. They were going to do a housewives of the main line where I used to live. And they're like, Elizabeth, do you want to come and try out for it? And I said, yes, on the phone. I'm like, oh, the housewives told me to go for an interview. Okay, sure. I'll be there. Literally 20 seconds went by and I called back. I'm like, no, 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 I won't be there. Sorry, cancel. I can't come. Hung up the phone. I was like, there's no way. How could I ever do that? Put my kids in. For one, I was sober. And how would they find that interesting? You know, they're going to follow me, go to, at that point, people were going to meetings in basements. And what would you do? Follow me to the church, cameras off, be coming out of the church. And then everybody around me having to have blacked out, you know, because it's obviously anonymous and nobody's picture would be up there except for mine. It just would be weird. I was like, not to mention, I would never want my kids, you know, my kids would have been like, mom, there's no way. But being a woman and being sober is so, you know, in the beginning, it's, I have a lot of friends that are, that are sober and are now dating. And they're like, how do I tell? What do I do? How do I, do I tell the person that I'm sober before I go? Mm. Or do I just go out with them and, and just do it anyway? You know, what do I do? I'm dating and I'm sober. What, how do you go on these dating sites and do it? And I think it's kind of funny because I think a lot of you know that I met my husband on match.com and it's kind of a crazy story, but, um, you know, I had put on there, I didn't drink and they sent me him as a match and at that point, I wasn't even paying attention to the drinking part of whether or not the guy drank or didn't drink. I was just trying to, I was like, cause I said to myself, I'm doing this for a month. I want to meet someone. So I'm doing it for a month. And after the month, I'm going to get off. And I talked to my priest at my church and he was like, every wedding I'm doing Elizabeth is from online. You have to do online. So I was like, all right, fine. I'll do online. So I go online. And um, so they send me him as a match and I didn't read that he didn't drink. But when I talked to him on the phone, I could tell he didn't drink just the way he spoke. And I was like, oh, by chance, are you a friend of Bill's? Which is what lingo for meaning that you go to a 12-step group. And he said, um, yes, I am. And I was like, wow. I had seven years and he had 13. But, um, and here we are, I'm almost at 15. I must have had less years because we've been together for nine, whatever, however many years it was. But he was sober. And it was crazy because I was so doing this like month long thing that I went on all these dates. I went on dates. I was kind of like, I hate to say that there's a difference between guys and girls, but for a long time there was. And, um, you know, guys could go on many dates, but girls never did because that wasn't a ladylike thing to do. But I did. I was like, you know what? I'm doing this like it's like going shopping. I'm going to have a million dates and I'm going to see who I like and who feels comfortable and who doesn't feel comfortable. And so I went and I had two dates for the same night. Isn't that crazy? So I went, actually, Jay, I was meeting my husband, JF, at, um, I met him in the afternoon for coffee. And then I was meeting another guy at Capitol Grill. 
And I'll never forget it because I met Jeff and he was totally cool and calm and carried himself in a way that was just such a gentleman. And um, I really liked him. And I was like, he's a grown up, he's a grown up. And, I, and he was sober and had been working on himself. And the other guy I went to meet at the Capitol Grill was like three maker marks in, which is for those of you that don't know whiskey. And I go in there sober as a church mouse. And he's like, I'm this, I'm that. I'm like, uh, no, you're not. You're a loser. <laughs> Sorry. I don't think this guy, I, I don't even remember his name. And um, it was just, and I don't mean he's a loser because he drank. I'm just mean that he was a loser because it was just the way he came off and he was buzzed and it just seemed so yucky, right? It's just, you know, when somebody's into their drinks and you're sober and you're watching this and you're like, I don't find that attractive. I don't find that attractive today. And um, obviously I never saw that guy again. But the interesting thing is that taking the time to go and date and try different things is just... So it's just, it's fun, you know, it's fun and it's owning yourself. Um, I had to get comfortable with the fact that I was sober prior to going on, like being ready to date somebody really. I had to be like, this is part of me. Like I've got brown eyes, I have blonde hair and I don't drink. So that is me. And if you don't like that about me, that's okay. That is okay. Um, but if it doesn't work for you, see ya. I don't really care. I don't have any, I'm not vested in the person anyway. If you're in a long-term relationship with somebody, it would be harder if they don't like it. If you've been in a long-term relationship and you decide that you want to quit and they don't want to quit, that is a totally different group. We'll talk about that a different day, but, um, taking, you know, taking care of yourself when you have decided that you don't want to drink and you've gotten to this place that you want to meet someone, it's really important to embrace who you are and embrace the fact that, you know, be proud of yourself for the fact that you don't drink anymore because, you know, for women, I don't know if it's just for women, but it's, I think it's for men too. you know, getting sober is hard. It's such a part of our society today, the drinking, it's on commercials. People talk about it all the time. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, you know, I, being sober for almost 15 years and moving to this new town that I've moved to. And we, as you know, I, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a big golfer. So I golf a lot and I play at a country club and you know, women are like, oh, let's grab a drink. Let's grab a drink. And I'm like, but I don't drink. And they're like, what? You don't drink? And I'm like, no, I don't drink. I'm actually sober. I actually have a podcast. It's called Busy Living Sober. And it interests them. And the people that, um, I think some people shy away from me because I don't drink and that's okay. You know, it's just like a guy who doesn't want to date me because I don't drink. I mean, obviously I'm married now, but you know, back in the day who didn't want to, wouldn't want to date me because I'm sober. That's about them. It's not about me. Um, and just like the people that are at the club that the ladies that want to drink, like go drink. It doesn't bother me. You drink, And they're like, can I have a drink with you? Do you mind if I have a drink? And I'm like, have at it. You know, um, it's interesting when you get sober and especially if you use the 12 steps, which I did, because it was such, you know, I, 
I went to the 12 steps as much as I, the last place I wanted to go was AA. It had such a stigma, right? It's like AA, oh my God, they go to AA. And, um, and I had that myself. I had a stigma towards my siblings that had gone to AA. I was like, oh my God, you guys are losers. You go to AA. And then when it was time for me to get sober, I was like, I have to go to AA because the reality is, is that I'm a social person and I want to be with like-minded people. I want to hang out with people that are also sober. So what am I going to do to do that? I'm going to go to these meetings and I'm going to meet people, which I've done. And I have friends that are sober and I have friends that drink. And um, it's about the person. It's not about whether or not they drink or not. I think that if somebody's working a program, there are sober people that I, that say that they are sober and they don't work there. I don't want to hang out with them anyway. And then there's drunk people that I like to hang out with. So it's like this total, it's this craziness. So I, I it's a person. It doesn't matter what their label is, if they're an alcoholic or not. I, I might like an alcoholic better than I like a person who's a normal person. Cause I tend to get along with people that drink better, than, better than I get along with people that are like straight and narrow, straight as a narrow and judgmental and, you know, live in this perfect cookie cutter lives. I don't live in a cookie cutter life. So I, I, I tend to get along better with people who do drink because, um, I get it. I get it. Um, I think we have more empathy and less judgment. At least I have less judgment towards people than I did when I thought I was this person that was whatever I was, which I wasn't. But today I'm like, I, could care, I, I can't judge anybody else. I just know this. I like people that are fun and lighthearted and you know, wear life like a loose garment and don't take things so seriously, but they enjoy life because life is short. And um, when you're drinking, your life is, at least my life was really small. It was really small. It's like, how am I gonna go out for dinner? Is there alcohol? Is there gonna be enough alcohol? How am I gonna get home? Because I could never just have a couple you know, and then the drinking and driving thing. I didn't want to deal with that. So it was, there was too many things and having all these emotions, I can tell you this, when I, um, looking back and getting sober, um, I don't know anybody who's gotten sober and said, mm, I really wish I hadn't gotten sober. I don't think anybody ever can say that. I think that most people say, oh my gosh, this is the best thing I ever did. Why didn't I do it sooner? Um, it's just a freedom. It's like, you don't have this thing that's weighing on you that everybody else does that you wish that you could do like other people, you know, it's just taken out of the equation and you can be just you. You don't have to be what everybody else wants you to be. You just get to be you and own yourself. You know, I was walking in the groceries in Lowe's yesterday, actually. And this woman came up to me and she's like, you look really comfortable. I said, JF, what does that mean? <laughs> I had on a pair of camo pants, a shirt, whatever. I'm like, and a hat. I was wearing a huge hat. She goes, you look very comfortable. I said, what was that about? And he goes, well, you're comfortable in your own skin. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's right. I'm comfortable in my own skin. It took a long time to get here. And, um, and it's interesting. It's like, it takes time and it takes going through certain heartaches and certain trials and tribulations, but you do it and you feel better. You know, you do this stuff, you write out gratitude lists, you do meditations, you pray. Um, and I don't mean you go to a building to pray. 
you can pray in your home. You get something spiritual and your life changes. You enjoy life. I have to tell you, I'm laughing. Like the first time in my life, my husband and I, Jake and I laugh all the time. It's stupid stuff, but I'm laughing. I, for so long, I didn't laugh. Life was so serious. I don't want it to be serious anymore. This year has been hard for a lot of people. A lot of people have had a really hard time this year. I think divorce is up, suicide's up. Poor, if you're a mom out there and you've been, you know, you've been drinking more than you ever thought you were going to drink and your kids are bummed out because they're not getting to go to school and be with their friends. That's all tough stuff. It's all tough stuff. I mean, how do you do it? How do you deal? How do you change? One minute at a time. One day at a time. Maybe one second at a time. Baby steps. Take the time. Being a mom is hard. I think being a dad's hard. I think, but I can only relate to really being a mom. It's hard. And getting sober is hard. And letting your kids down is hard. But you can change and you can too get sober. And you can go on Zoom and you can find Zoom meetings. I, I host a Zoom meeting every day at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And the information is on busylivingsober.com under Morning Hope. The Zoom information is there. Um, you can come, you don't have to turn your computer on. You don't have to do anything. I mean, you don't have to put your name on it. You don't have to have your camera on. You can just sit, nobody will, No, you can just say iPhone or Galaxy, whatever it is you have. And you can participate in a meeting and see if you like it. You can take the time to fall in love with you. Um, doing this by yourself is hard you, to get, um, you know, people, I had somebody, I have somebody that I help and she found me on Instagram. She's like, will you sponsor me? I'm like, sure. I'm not taking on any more sponsees right now, just because my life is too crazy. But I have somebody, I do have sponsees that are looking for sponsees. So, you know, you could always do that if you're looking for somebody and just be a different, a generation below me, because I just can't take on any more people. But, you know, life is about, um, yesterday's gone, tomorrow's not here. And all I have is today and right now in this moment. And I've been listening to this Deepak and Oprah um, 21 day meditation. It's free. You can Google it. It's on Chopra.com. But this amazing, it's about change. And if you're drinking too much and you feel like you want to change, you can do this, but just make a decision to do it one minute at a time. You know, I always said that when I tried to get, when I was getting sober in the beginning and they talk about like future times, like, oh my gosh, when my daughter gets married, how am I going to ever do that without a glass of champagne? Well, my daughter's still not getting married and she's 23 years old. And um, I don't have to worry about if I'm going to have a glass of wine at her wedding or not, or my son's weddings. I, it doesn't matter. They know I'm not going to drink. They'd probably be happier if I stay the way I am. Um, I've been able to be a mom today. And not that I was a bad mom when I was drinking, but I was definitely not a present mom. And today I am a present mom. I am really excited. My kids all come tomorrow from all over and we're gonna all be together for the weekend for Easter. For everybody out there that's celebrating Easter, happy Easter. If you're celebrating Passover, happy Passover. And um, you know, life is really good today and life is good if you wanna make it good. And you know, if you're a lady or a man out there battling addiction, I just want you to know that you're not alone. You're not alone. Um, 
you know, it's, this is tough stuff. This is tough stuff, but you're like, you will never regret doing this. You will regret keep drink. If you keep drinking and you've got a problem with drinking, you will regret that. You will regret those times because you can't get that time back. But if you decide to make the change today, and this is the rest of your life, you can do this. And if you ever want to reach out to me, I promise I will write you back. Reach out to me at busy, B-I-Z-Z-Y, at busylivingsober.com. And that's B-U-S-Y, B-U-S-Y, living, L-I-V-I-N-G, sober, S-O-B-E-R.com. Um, you can also put Elizabeth Chance in there and you'll find me. Um, I don't really do social media. I post my podcast and that's about it. I do on social media. Um, I hate what it's done to our society and to our kids and everything else. So how can I, how can I go on there and then tell everybody, I think it's so yucky. I do like it for finding new things for my town. Facebook. I like that for that, but, um, I don't like posting pictures and stuff because a lot of people, it bums people out when you look at these pictures and you think, God, look at that person's life. It's so perfect. When it's nobody's life is perfect. Nobody goes through this life unscathed. Everybody has something. It's what are you going to do with your something? If you have been a mom and your kids just left or you're a person who wanted to have kids and you couldn't, and that makes you bummed out. Don't drink over it. Talk about it. Find people that have gone through the same thing. Find friends to talk about and to listen to you because that's what we need. That's the brilliance of AA is that it brings people together that have the same thing in common. And it doesn't matter where you went to school, what kind of car you drive, how much money you have. The one thing that is in, that we all have in common is that we all have a problem with alcohol. I have a problem with alcohol. I'm an alcoholic. I still have alcoholism. It wasn't alcoholism. I can tell you this last night, I didn't sleep well because I was up in the night thinking about things that I have no control over. And I woke Jay up and I'm like, oh my God, I'm awake at three o'clock in the morning. He's like, well, now great. Both of us are awake, but at least woke him up to tell him what was going on. You know, write to me. I promise I'm going to write you back. And I want you to know that you are not alone and that you can do this. You can do this. Don't give up. Don't give up. Try it. Just do it one day at a time. One minute at a time. One second at a time. And I'm going to tell you, writing those gratitude lists, if, even if it's just grateful that you can look out the window and see green grass because it's spring now. I hope everybody has a wonderful Easter. Eat lots of candy, lots of jelly beans and um, know that you're never alone and reach out to busy at Busy Living Sower. And until next time, keep getting busy living sober. Take care, everybody. Again, please write. Till next time. Take care. Bye.